0: I'm Charlotte. And I'm Dina. Welcome to The Grim Curriculum. Thank you all so much for being here with us. Yes, thank you. We have got an interesting one for you guys today. Oh man, do we ever. We've covered killer women who use poison as their weapon of choice before.
1: Like Baba Anuka, who tricked people into thinking they were buying medicine or even love
0: potions, only to have their loved ones die a terrible death. Or Leonardo Cinciuli, who not only made soap from the remains of her victims, she also baked little cakes made with whatever was left of them and gave them to her neighbors. And while today's subject certainly falls into this category, you
1: will see very quickly that there are some things that really set her apart and not
0: in a good way. We are covering the story of Audrey Marie Hilly, a tale filled with arsenic and a whole lot of audacity. Seriously, folks, the actions
1: of this woman are going to have you sitting there with your jaw dropped. This is probably one of the
0: more bizarre stories we've covered. And it is one that is truly full of mysteries. Speaking of, this is another case inspired by my Unsolved Mysteries obsession. And yes, friends, I'm still watching at least an episode a day. It is my <laughs> new getting ready show. So starting your day with a big old dose of morbid nostalgia, it's it's the way to go. I highly recommend it. I completely agree. And this
1: particular case is fairly new to me. So I'm very excited
0: to share it with you guys today. Oh, it's wild. I'm so excited for your reaction to this. Okay, so let's get into it. Audrey Marie Frazier was born on June 4th, 1933 in Blue Mountain, Alabama. So right off the bat, this is Alabama during the Great Depression.
1: At that time, they had the highest unemployment rate of any other southern state, and there's absolutely no doubt that merely existing day-to-day was a
0: challenge for most. Her parents, like most of the people in town, were employed at one of the local mills. They'd been married for about a year by the time Audrey was born, and it didn't take long before the stress of having another mouth to feed began to add up. Her mother had to return to work shortly after Audrey was born so that they could make ends meet.
1: She spent most of her time with relatives or family friends who were willing to look after her.
0: Her parents working a lot doesn't mean that she was neglected per se, but she definitely didn't get the attention that she desperately wanted from them, and this began to affect her behavior very negatively.
1: While her family didn't have a ton of money, she still had pretty nice things, a whole lot nicer than most of the
0: other kids around anyway. Audrey figured out very quickly that she could get what she wanted by throwing tantrums, which she threw on a very regular basis. Sometimes she would absolutely flip out because someone didn't agree with her, while other
1: times she would scream and scream until her parents bought her something that she wanted.
0: The fact that her parents didn't really punish her for any of this probably didn't help. Either way, she figured out very quickly that she could make people do whatever she wanted. At the age of
1: 12, Audrey met Frank Hilly. Frank came from a very different background. His family didn't have much, but it seemed like they all loved each other and they were incredibly
0: close. Frank was in his first year of high school when they met, and I understand this was a very different time, but ew. Yeah, a high schooler really shouldn't have any interest in a 12-year-old. No, definitely not, but he took a liking to her very quickly and eventually the two began to date. Her parents, kind of like us, did not approve of this relationship, but it didn't stop the two from falling in love. Like we said, Frank didn't have a ton of money, but he would do his best to take care of Audrey. He realized very early on into the relationship that he wasn't the only one who thought she was a total prize. Many other men had their eye on her and they were eager to see the two break up. While Frank's temper wasn't nearly as bad as Audrey's, he still struggled
1: with anger and, because
0: of this, the two would often have massive fights. It wasn't over anything particularly interesting, mostly over other guys or other pretty common issues that couples have. No matter how bad the fights got, they always seemed to make up. After he finished high school, Frank joined the Navy and was stationed in Guam. This was the first time that the couple had been apart for an extended period of time. They say the distance makes the heart grow fonder, and in the case of Frank and Audrey, it really did. Frank was incredibly in love with her, and during this time, he decided that he wanted to spend the rest of his life with her. Big mistake, as it turns out. Audrey finished up high school, and shortly after, the two moved to Long Beach, where Frank was being stationed. Near the end of his service, the couple was overjoyed to find out what they were expecting.
1: On the outside, the two seemed to be madly in love and were very happy with the way their lives were going.
0: In reality, it was the complete opposite. For the first time in her life, Audrey had money. For the first time in her life, Audrey had money. Between her salary as a secretary and the money Frank made from his pension and his job at a shipping department, they weren't rich but they had enough to be somewhat comfortable. They didn't have much money at all to speak of, but it was a lot more than she was used to, that's for sure. So she kind of just ran with it. On numerous occasions, she spent his entire pension on herself and Frank's parents would have to bail them out. Can I just say, you can be super in love with someone...
1: But if you don't have financial stability as a couple, that is incredibly hard on a relationship back then and today, like nothing's changed in that aspect. And to have your partner spending your money willy nilly all over the place has to be so incredibly stressful.
0: And it's one of those things, too, where it would constantly happen where she would spend the money and then they wouldn't have enough money for food or they wouldn't have enough money to pay their light bill. And he would have to go to his parents and ask them, which was embarrassing for him. No kidding.
1: Frank's reaction to her behavior was, unfortunately, pretty similar to her parents. He loved his wife and was willing to do anything to keep her happy even if that meant letting
0: her spend all of their money on designer clothing and fancy furniture. The couple welcomed their first child, a boy who they named Michael, on November 11, 1952. And at the age of 27, Audrey would give birth to their daughter, Carol. After Carol was born, things really began to change. We'd like to remind you that Audrey was the kind of person who didn't exactly react well to things not going her way. And now she had two young kids. And we know we have lots of parents listening. And you guys, I'm sure you know, like, when you have kids, things definitely don't go your way anymore.
1: Oh, totally. There is so much unpredictability. They're not going to react to you like adults would, right? So it's going to be for her... A lot of stress and pressure, and we know that she doesn't deal well with that sort of thing. No, definitely not. Despite all the trouble between the two of them, the family became well-known in their area. Frank was a member of numerous clubs, and they were
0: pretty well-liked. Audrey was active in her church, where she didn't seem to make many friends. People labeled her as high-strung due to her reactions when things wouldn't go her way. It really seemed like it didn't matter who you
1: were. If you went against Audrey in any shape or form, you were automatically on
0: her bad side. When it came to parenting, she wasn't a super hands-on mother. With Michael and Carol, she was usually pretty emotionally distant and she preferred to show love by spending money on them rather than like hugging them.
1: Carol would later share in an interview that her mother treated her differently due to the fact that she was a tomboy rather than a girly girl like her mother wanted her to be. They would actually
0: get into huge fights over this. Because of this, she formed a close bond with her father who noticed the lack of love she was getting from Audrey. Now, when Audrey saw how close they were, she got jealous and resented their relationship. I honestly have such a hard time seeing what Frank liked about her. It's it's so sad, but we're going to see very soon that, yes, he was madly in love, but he was also being terribly manipulated by her. Things, well, they just kind of go downhill from there. Audrey was definitely struggling mentally in some way. She would have trouble sleeping, and Frank often woke up to her awake and shaking in bed like something had terrified her. Anytime Frank questioned her, she would show him love
1: letters that she claimed had been sent to her by other men, which is incredibly toxic,
0: Audrey, my God. Right? And apart, I really wonder were they really from other men? It makes you really question it based on what we know about her. This early in the story, right? hmm Her spending habits were absolutely out of control at this point. The two would get into fights any time an overdue bill showed up at the house, which was pretty often.
1: Audrey's genius solution to this was to rent a P.O. box and to have all her mail directed there so that Frank would never see it. On top
0: of that, she secretly took out loans in order to sustain her habits. The worst part about this is that she actually got these loans just because Frank was so well known in the area. He was respected and people trusted that his wife would pay back money that she owed them. Because of this, she was allowed to borrow huge amounts of money. When the due
1: dates came and went, the companies that she had loaned money from were very concerned because they knew that Frank was not the kind of person that would wrong them in any way. And she was
0: also caught in bed with her boss around this time by Frank. Aw, poor Frank.
1: Like, he is just... I feel like he's a good person trying to do his best, and his wife is just running wild. You know... (sighs) I'm all for a wild woman. Don't get me wrong. But, like, if you're gonna be a wild woman, maybe don't get married and have kids,
0: you know? I'm gonna go ahead and say it. she's kind of a bitch. She is. She really is. Yep. By 1974, Frank's health began to decline rapidly. He constantly suffered from stomach issues and was often nauseated to the point of vomiting. He went to see a Dr. Jones who gave him medicine,
1: but nothing seemed to help. In May of that year, his sister Frida visited him and was shocked to see the state of her brother. Frank told her that he had never felt more
0: ill in his life and he was legitimately afraid that he was going to die. He also spoke to his son around this time and confided in him that Audrey had an affair and that he considered divorcing her at one point.
1: In the early hours of May 23rd, Frank Hilly was found wandering outside wearing nothing but his underwear.
0: Audrey took him to the hospital where it was revealed that he was in the late stages of liver failure and that he was also suffering from infectious hepatitis. Two days later, Frank Hilly passed away. Audrey was asked if she would consent to an autopsy to confirm the cause of death and she gladly obliged. We also want to note that she was at his side the entire time he was sick. Audrey doted on her husband like any loving wife would, and once again from the outside, it looked like the couple was madly in love. The autopsy showed that
1: at the time of his death, Frank Hilly not only had infectious hepatitis, but his kidneys were incredibly swollen along with his lungs. He was also suffering from pneumonia and his stomach was badly inflamed.
0: The official cause of death was listed as complications from infectious hepatitis, which seemed to make sense, and they left it at that. Frank also had a pretty decent life insurance policy, which paid out $31,140 directly to Audrey. That would be over $175,000 in today's money.
1: As you can probably guess, she spent this money almost as quickly as she had received it, she treated herself to a brand new car along with clothing and jewelry.
0: Audrey also made sure to buy lavish gifts for her loved ones. She purchased an expensive diamond ring for her mother as well as new appliances, and she also bought Carol a brand new car. Because of this,
1: Audrey had a little bit of a aha moment here and realized, if another
0: one of my family members dies, I'll get even more money. She took out a $25,000 life insurance policy on Carol. In 1978, an additional clause took into effect saying that if Carol Hilly met her death accidentally, the amount would double. And folks, can I just
1: say, if you have a family member randomly be like, hey,
0: can I take out a life insurance policy on you? Maybe question that. Especially if you're young. Like, at this point, she is 18. They're, they're, this woman is a walking, talking, living, breathing, screaming red flag. 100%. Mere months after this, Carol, who was
1: now 18, began to report that she was feeling ill. Interestingly
0: enough, her symptoms were very, very similar to those of her father. On several occasions, she felt so sick that she went into the emergency room. Audrey told her that she had special medicine that her friend had given her that would make
1: her feel much better. She explained that her friend was a nurse who would get in trouble if anyone found out that she had shared the medicine with her and that Carol must not tell anyone
0: about it. By this point, Carol was desperate and she just wanted the pain to stop. She agreed to take the medicine and Audrey administered it in the form of an injection. This is so incredibly sus. <laughs> oh my god, right? Seriously. Seriously. But
1: as, as a child, I mean, Carol's not a child per se at this point, but as the daughter of a mother, shall we say, you don't expect your mom to be doing anything malicious towards you. You think I'm ill and she's trying to help me because she's my mom. Exactly. Exactly. Carol's health declined even further. She visited the doctors over and over. And when they weren't able to help her, they had her undergo psychiatric testing because they thought that she was imagining her symptoms.
0: Carol was given two more injections by Audrey around this time. And this is while she's getting all of the testing done. She's in a psych ward. Her mother is sneaking in injections. And she's also being told that she is imagining her symptoms. This poor woman is being gaslit to the ultimate degree. Her health declined to the point where she became paralyzed from the waist down. Her brother pushed the doctors to re-examine her, which thankfully they did. The doctors eventually realized that her symptoms were absolutely real and that Carol was not only suffering from malnutrition, her symptoms were most likely caused by heavy metal poisoning. They found something called Aldrich Meese
1: lines in both her toenails and fingernails. This is one of the main indicators
0: of arsenic poisoning. They tested strands of Carol's hair on October in 1979. These tests revealed that hair towards her scalp had 100 times over the normal level in human hair, while the hair towards the end of the strands almost had none.
1: Now, we're not scientists or anything, and we aren't even going to try to explain at this point how they concluded this, but basically they figured out that she had been given arsenic over the course of about four to
0: eight months. We want to note that her mother-in-law, Carrie Hilly, sadly died around this time of a long-time illness, and many believe that this isn't a coincidence, and I won't lie, I am right there with them. Michael, her son, would later report that he spent a lot of his younger years feeling incredibly sick with no rhyme or reason to the symptoms. We want to note that her mother-in-law, Carrie Hilly, sadly died around this time of her long-time illness, and many believe that this isn't a coincidence, and I won't lie, I am right there with them. Again, based on what we know so
1: far, it wouldn't surprise me if Audrey had something to do with this. Mm Mm-hmm. Michael, her son, would later report that he spent a lot of his younger years feeling incredibly
0: sick with no apparent rhyme or reason to the symptoms. He said that when he moved away to college, all of those symptoms almost immediately stopped and for the first time in his life, he was in perfect health. After Carol got sick, Michael
1: confronted his mother about everything. The two fought, but they eventually made up and Audrey offered to make him breakfast. He accepted and would later
0: report to being the sickest he had ever been in his entire life. His mother took care of him while he was sick and appeared to be very concerned for his well-being. It would later be proven that Miss Audrey had taken out a
1: $25,000 policy on him
0: as well. Luckily for everyone, Audrey Hilly had been arrested a few days prior for writing bad checks to pay for the insurance policy. Fun fact, she actually defaulted
1: on the bill. If she had succeeded in killing Carol, she would have been paid absolutely nothing because the policy was void. It's interesting to me that in cases like this, and it reminds me of Al Capone, how like the feds were trying to get him for years and they finally got him on tax fraud instead of anything else. It's kind of given me that vibe. They don't get her because she's obviously trying to kill her family members, they
0: got her because she fucked up financially, which is seems very ironic to me. Seriously, it's, it's interesting because she probably just never thought she was going to get caught. So to get caught for something like that, like, oh, she must have been mad. Oh, I bet you she was fuming. She was charged for the attempted murder of her daughter. They took a closer look at the possessions she had when she was arrested, and they found something that they somehow missed the first time a small vial. They tested it and it showed that there were traces of arsenic in it.
1: Frank Hilly's sister also found a container of rat poison in their house. It
0: also contained arsenic. Audrey allowed Frank's body to be exhumed and re-examined. When they tested his body for arsenic, they found that it was present in his system in amounts that could have very easily contributed to his death.
1: Here's where
0: things begin to get extremely frustrating. Unfortunately, we've seen this many times before. Sometimes the justice system just fails. You're exactly right, because Audrey was released on bond. She checked into a motel under the name Emily Stevens. She then up and vanished. A note was later found which indicated that she may have been kidnapped. A missing persons report was officially filed and Audrey Hilly was now a wanted fugitive. Around this time, her aunt's home was broken into and many items were stolen. Among them were women's clothing and a duffel bag. A note was left behind that said, Do not call police. We will burn you out if you do. We found what we wanted and we will not bother you again. She was officially indicted for the death of Frank Hilly. An investigation was conducted on the death of his mother, and it was revealed that she too had arsenic in her system at the time of her death.
1: Audrey decided that now was probably a good time to start a new life. She traveled to Florida, where she met John Homan. She introduced herself as Robbie Hannon, and the two quickly began
0: to date. They married a year later, and she became Robbie Holman. The two moved to New Hampshire, and Robbie would often talk about how much she missed her twin sister named Terry Martin, who lived in Texas. She often spoke about how close they were and how much she loved her. In the summer of 1982,
1: she told her new husband that she was suffering from an illness and that she had to go to Texas
0: to see some specialists. Around this time, she began using the name Terry Martin, she visited Texas and Florida. Shortly after this, John received a phone call from Terry Martin. Keeping up with all of
1: her different names is a little hard. So don't worry if you're listening and you're feeling that way too, because we're right with you because yep. she just made shit up. And also this poor man again is just like, yeah, I've got a beautiful new wife. She seems awesome. And then she's like, oh, I'm going to Texas. Bye. Bye. Right? And then all of a sudden it's like, oh, I'm dead. Bye. Yeah, exactly. Because Terry, quote unquote, told him that she had terrible, terrible news. Her sister, Robbie, had died. She told him that all of the arrangements had been made and that the family donated her body to science. So there was no reason at all for him to go
0: down to Texas. And friends, if you haven't caught up to it by now, there there is no twin sister. (laughs)
1: <laughs> no, it's all Audrey. This yeah. woman is wild in Like, she is all over the place.
0: Really, though?
1: This woman had the absolute audacity to show up at her husband's house. The husband who she had married, while using a completely fake identity, pretending to be the twin sister of his dead wife, and
0: she even went as far as to have an obituary published. John saw her and realized that, yes, this woman looked exactly like his late wife. However, she was significantly thinner and she had darker hair. The obituary was seen by
1: local police and it raised a few flags for them. They looked into it and very quickly realized that this was not a real person. At this point, they thought that Audrey was still Robbie and that her worst offense had been faking her death and impersonating
0: someone else. Once they had her in custody, she confessed that she was actually Audrey Hilly. She was immediately returned to Alabama to finally face trial. She was very quickly convicted and sentenced to serve life in prison for killing her husband and 20 years for the attempted murder of her daughter. I've had a few folks in the past question why in situations like this they sentence someone to life and then they add more years onto that or why they would sentence someone to numerous life sentences. One sentence is something that can be reduced. That life sentence, it can be appealed or eventually turned into a much shorter sentence. But if you have multiple adding up, it's more difficult for the person to appeal them all and eventually serve less time.
1: I think it also makes sense in the context of like, if you see someone and it's like oh they have multiple life sentences it's like okay this is someone that did bad things as I say in a big way Mm -hmm. let's consider things before we let them be paroled and things like that right
0: absolutely
1: here's the wild thing though after all this John took her back because they were still married and apparently they were set on continuing their relationship despite the fact that she had lied to him in a pretty
0: huge way. Audrey Hilly began serving her sentence in 1983. She was actually a model prisoner despite the fact that she spent most of her life throwing temper tantrums when she didn't get what she wanted. She was so well-behaved that she eventually was given numerous day passes outside of the prison.
1: And she always returned on time with zero issues. Until she didn't. So she was given a three-day pass to visit John. They spent their time at a motel. At one point, John stepped out, and when he returned, Audrey was just gone. All that was left was a note that asked him
0: for forgiveness. Audrey was found four days later crawling around in the woods. She was drenched and delirious. The past few days had been chilly and it had rained nonstop. It appeared that Audrey had been outside that entire time. She was taken to the hospital where she received treatment for
1: hypothermia while under police supervision. Soon after, Audrey Marie Hilly was pronounced dead by hospital officials. The cause of her death was
0: listed as heart failure. And with that ends the terrible tale of Audrey Marie Hilly, a woman who was willing to hurt anyone just to get what she wanted.
1: So (laughs) what do we what do we think after all of that?
0: That was a roller coaster. To me, she is pure evil. (laughs) We have talked about a lot of people who did terrible things and expressed remorse later on, but Audrey did not really seem to care. She continued to essentially trick and con everyone until her final days, and I don't think she was reformed in prison at all. I think she was just wearing a mask and being who she needed to be in that moment. I think she's a prime example of what happens
1: when you don't get any... Structure and discipline as a young child. And Mm -hmm. obviously, it just followed her her entire life because she grew up in a place where she just got away with shit. So she went her entire life thinking that. I think she probably did so well, I shouldn't say so well, but she did fairly well in prison because it was such a structured, controlled environment. And for probably the first time in her life, People were not going to put up with her shit, right? If she wanted to throw a tantrum, that's all fine and dandy, but you're not going to get anything out of it, right? I think if she'd been in prison her entire life, she probably would have had a fairly, you know, unremarkable time in prison. But there is that little part of her that's like, I'm going to take an opportunity when I see it.
0: Or she would have pulled like a Catherine Knight where she just ends up being like the woman that's running the whole show. Yeah,
1: I could absolutely see it. I wonder what she was thinking when she left John that final time in the motel. Like, did she think she could just disappear into the forest and that everything would be okay? Right? Because what was the expectation there? Yeah, it, it wasn't something that she had done before, right? Like, usually she disappeared to a different state where she picked up a new identity, but obviously this time she didn't have that opportunity.
0: Exactly. And I wonder if that was her intention again, that she just thought everything was going to work out because she was obviously very, very narcissistic. And she just thought it was, you know, the Audrey show and everything would be fine and dandy for her because she was Audrey.
1: She definitely is one of those people uh, who thought that they were the main character of their entire life and everybody else's lives for sure.
0: Yes. I also I want to take a second to thank the wonderful Pink Flamingo 20 who was kind enough to help me with some of the research this week. Thank you so 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 much. You're the bomb.com Pink Flamingo. Yeah.
1: So a lot of you may recognize the name Pink Flamingo because they have been a patron of ours for quite some time and over on the discord always participating in stuff and Thank you so much for your help with the research on this one. You did an awesome job
0: and we appreciate the heck out of you. Thank you. And if you are interested in supporting the podcast, you should check out our Patreon. We post early episode reveals. There's all sorts of fun stuff on there and it is a wonderful way to support us. We have a ton of new content coming soon. We're going to be changing things up to make it even better for you. And uh, we have a lot of fun in the Discord too
1: we sure do so big thank you to the wonderful bob the fantastic lisa the amazing pink flamingo 20 i'm gonna run out of uh adjectives here but we're gonna keep trying you got the this. fantabulous atlantean jedi the badass brian the i don't know if i already said wonderful but you are wonderful hillary <laughs> the beautiful beautiful Judy the mm, what's the word oh I'm gonna have to get a thesaurus out I really like Kevin glorious Kevin I love that and what do we think for mudkip the The,
0: magnificent mudkip I like that that was I did you did great
1: (laughs) so thank you thank you thank you and thank you to all of you that support us in any
0: way shape or form it truly means the world and we love having you here If you like this episode, please take a second to leave a like or a comment or five stars wherever you listen. It really, really, really means a lot. Next week, we are
1: getting into a brand new series about, you guessed it, another awful human
0: being. Thank you all so much for listening. This has been The The Grim Grim Curriculum. Curriculum. Hey, hey, Charlotte, guess what? What? Did you know that it has been proven that the more shy a male crab is, the more semen he produces? (laughs) Oh my
1: god. I did not know that. And once again, you have me speechless. (laughs) Bye. Bye.